This week on The Swear Wolves, we discuss two are they or are they not horror movies The Witches of Eastwick and Death Becomes Her. the Swear Wolves Horror Podcast, the podcast that discusses all things horror. I'm Brett. I'm David. David. Yes, Brett. <laughs> it is the 18th. Oh, we're so close. We have, this is the last podcast of the Trump administration, of the Trump administration <laughs> for the Swear Wolves. <laughs> Don't even play taps. <laughs> you should be like, uh, what's something song? happy, something really whimsical. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> something like, like, I don't know. Something really triumphant. Yep. <laughs> do, 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 do. Um, like horns that they do like in cartoon movies like when the prince comes back yeah yeah, yeah. fighting the dragon <laughs> like something very triumphant <laughs> yeah uh, sound the trumpets so the 20th is right around the corner and that is inauguration day uh hopefully it won't be a shit show and this is the last days um hours even of the trump administration so like we won't probably have to talk about it'll be nice again at least on the podcast yeah personal lives i'll probably still be <laughs> ranting about them when i'm 70 but uh <laughs> oh <laughs> i remember on the twitter <laughs> grandkids going what the fuck's a twitter <laughs> Dude, I, with his uh, twitter account being suspended it's like now when he takes shits he's got to like get one of those balls in a cup and just, and just play with that like what does yeah. he do when he's pooping now he's playing uh fucking <laughs> Candy Crush. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> other things to do. Uh, I mean, but, but it's not just Twitter. I mean, it's Twitter, like, Facebook, everything. Instagram, yeah. YouTube. Guess what? The president can go on TV anytime he wants to. He can hold a press conference whenever he wants to. He can broadcast to more than his Twitter followers whenever he wants to. Twitter is not his only source. We're not shutting him up. <laughs> but it's his favorite. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I picked a couple of movies this week and I was flipping through, I don't know, all the different streaming services and just kind of going through their horror sections and a movie popped up that I hadn't seen in a while. And it wasn't really like sometimes they put horror stuff or movies in the horror category that aren't really horror. And it got me to thinking and and we shared some text messages uh, regarding various different movies, but it got me to thinking like, maybe we should cover some of these fringe, Mm -hmm. like not quite horror, but they still kind of fall in. Yeah. But if you like horror, you might also like this movie. Yeah. I think, and and a lot of people say Silence of the Lambs is a horror movie. I I guess, I guess it is. I don't necessarily consider it more psychological thriller. We've talked about seven. Yeah. Same deal. It, those are movies 
but again, more I think of, more of a thriller. I, I get your to your point. It's like if you like horror, you're gonna like this. Alfred Hitchcock movies, Psycho horror movie. The other ones, yeah, now mm, not not so much, but they still fall. Like I just but watched, most horror people are gonna like Rear Window or Dial In for Murder. I just watched The Birds. Yeah. which, By the way. I don't know if we'll ever review that. Probably not. But what a piece of shit movie that was. <laughs> I like the birds. But um, I watched the documentary then. Um, or not documentary. The um, the movie uh, The Girl. It's on HBO. Mm-hmm. It stars uh, a couple of people. The guy from uh, uh, that sound studio movie, Barbarian. Yeah, yeah. He plays Alfred Hitchcock. Oh, he I does, can see that. He does fucking he, awesome. He does look kind of like him. He does awesome. But Alfred Hitchcock was a dick. Yeah, I've heard a lot of weird things about he Hitchcock. He was an ass clown. <laughs> and he treated Tippy Hedren like shit. Yeah, that's what and I've he heard. he just basically fucking tried to rape I'm her. I'm saying he was kind of pervy. Kinda. He liked his ladies. He liked his blonde ladies. Yep. But he was married. Yeah. I mean, not oh, that that stops I'll, anybody. Oh, Hitch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a good documentary, though. It's called The Girl. Well, it's not documentary. I keep saying that. Um, it's called The Girl. It's on HBO. Hmm. So check it out. I will. But it's good. It goes through the making of the birds and then into uh, she was in Marnie. Right. After that. It's a weird movie. I haven't seen that one, but uh, she got that because Grace Kelly dropped out because she was That's the princess right, of Monaco. She got married. And her people were like, I guess her people, the people of Monaco, <laughs> were like, we don't want our princess acting. And she yeah. was like, okay. Yeah. All right. I guess I'll just be a princess. Yeah. You're so selfish. <laughs> <laughs> fucking, fucking royalty just annoys me. Also, it's a weird. This concept. is gonna be a rant episode. <laughs> like fucking royalty annoys me. Like my wife just started watching The Crown, and yeah. she she likes and and I don't mind learning about that stuff. Like when we went over to Europe, I went to different castles, and you get to see and and hear uh, about the the lineage and what happened and the different wars and the kings and the queens and all that kind of shit. I love Game of Thrones. Yeah. It's but, interesting. But it's like, fuck you. Yeah, you get to be special because your name? Because of your who your dad was or your great-grandfather I or mean, your mother? I mean, going back even further. And yeah. then they got all these fucked up rules, right? Like, now Harry and Meghan are kicked out of the family because they didn't want to deal with the bullshit from the media. <laughs> the same media, by the way, that fucking killed his mom, practically. <laughs> and it's like, no shit, he doesn't want to deal with this nonsense. Right. And then because Charles got divorced and he married a divorced woman. And then like even back further, like the king, the stuttering guy. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Queen Elizabeth. Like he wasn't supposed to be the king. His brother was. But his brother fell in love with somebody who they didn't think he should marry. And I think who had been divorced. And he wanted to marry her. So they were like, mm, you can't be king anymore. That's so weird. It's like, fuck you. <laughs> you can't be king. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking hate him. I hate the royal families. I hate all of them. Like, as people, they're probably just fine. It's, no, I shouldn't even say that, because I'm sure Charles is a fucking ass clown, too. Right. Yeah, it's just the concept of royalty is dumb. It's so dumb. And, and, and antiquated. It's only, and it's only like a, like a, it's only because it's tradition now. Like, yeah. they have no power, especially no. in England. That's a, yeah, and that just makes it more dumb. Exactly. That's just more dumb. More dumbness. <laughs> Ugh. Uh, I'm royalty. Yeah, well, I'm the prime minister. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and then have you seen, like, I I think our bullshit, like, when I was watching the election certification and they march in with those fucking uh, wooden boxes. <laughs> it's so and stupid. Like, Ladies and gentlemen, the Senate 
And I then present they, the bird box. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But they come in and they have all these things. And then Mike Pence has to say the same thing like 51 times, right? Because the District of <laughs> yeah, Columbia, yeah. he's like, he's certified. Da, 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 da. And all, by the way, Mike Pence talking, put, put a fucker to sleep. If you're insomniac, <laughs> listen to Mike Pence talk for five minutes. You'll fall right asleep. But he, then he's saying the same thing over and over again. You got Pelosi. I don't know how she stood for three fucking hours, <laughs> let alone three minutes. Um, but they're all doing their thing and they have all these rules and regulations. But have you ever watched Parliament over in fucking Oh, God, England it's awful. With their fucking, like, they don't wear wigs anymore, no. but they might as well. <laughs> yeah, they should. <laughs> it is quite entertaining, though, when they all start arguing. Oh, it's fantastic because they're still kind of proper and gentlemanly about <laughs> yes, it. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's not like assholes. Like the other day uh, in, co- in the House of Representatives, they were arguing about something with the votes. And uh, this one guy was like, you called me a liar. He's like, well, if the shoe fits and they start like fucking going back yeah, and yeah. forth. Finally, Pelosi's like, get him out of here. But in Parliament, like in uh, England, they're all, well, uh, you, sir, are not You, sir, well. a scoundrel. <laughs> no, a rascal. Rapscallion. Oh, fuck, I love it. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so the fringe movies. There's fringe movies. Um, and like David said, if you like horror, you'll probably like these movies. And I think they kind of fall along the lines. First movie. 1987, The Witches of Eastwick. Now, it has witches in the title, right? It's a horror movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. I was like, okay. There's not a lot of witch horror movies like well, well, that I've seen. I don't tend to go towards witches. Yeah, it's not one of my go-to sub-genres. We talked about... Um, the Witch. The Witch, but the, that other one, that Rob Zombie shit movie. Oh, <laughs> The Lords of Salem. Lords of Salem. Yeah. That was about witches, I guess. I guess. I don't know what that movie was about. <laughs> it's about an hour and 45 minutes too long. <laughs> gotcha, but this movie came out in 1987. I remember watching it when I was young. Um, probably not this young because I probably wouldn't have gotten understood anything about it. But I did watch it when I was young and uh, it had been a while. Yeah. So I wanted to watch this again. Um, I'd never seen it. And you had never seen it. Nope. So, but I remember seeing the box. I remember the poster with like mm-hmm. the lightning and stuff. And I thought it looked cool. Yeah. And it was a pretty big movie, so to speak, uh, for that time. A big cast as far as like names mm-hmm. go. So, uh, which is of Eastwick, 1987, written by Michael Christopher, based on the novel by John Updike, uh, directed by George Miller. Music by John Williams. Yeah. The director's weird, too. Like George Miller, that's the Mad Max guy. Interesting. Yeah. He did all the Mad Max movies. He also did the Happy Feet movies. Well, you know, he's diverse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, He's diverse. You know, on some episodes of this podcast, we'll just be laughing about shitting on small people. (laughs) Yeah. And then some episodes, we're talking about Parliament. We're very very diverse. We're very diverse. We're very learned. (laughs) We're just like George Miller. Uh, Music by John Williams, who's probably the best known composer in, in cinema history. Yeah. And so, like, synonymous with big movies, mm-hmm. you know, Indiana Jones, Star Wars, Jaws, anything that Steven Spielberg has pretty much yeah. has has done, you know. So, um, but uh, he did the score for this. Uh, stars Jack Nicholson as Daryl Van Horn, Cher as Alex Medford, um, Susan Sarandon as Jane Spofford. Michelle Pfeiffer as Suki Ridgemont and Veronica Cartwright as Felicia. Also, Richard Jenkins is in this playing Felicia's husband, Clyde. 
Uh, release date was June 12th, 1987, two days before my 10th birthday. Aww. So I would have been nine when this movie came out, <laughs> technically. Um, I didn't see it when I was nine. Budget $22 million. Box office, 63.8. So it did all right. Yeah. $63.8 million. North American box office, I believe. So what's this movie about? Well, right off the bat, like this is a woman power movie, I think. Most definitely. Um, this is uh, This is a movie about three friends. Uh, we got Cher, Susan Sarandon, and Michelle Pfeiffer. And Cher, they're all single. Right, yeah. Cher's a widow. I think the other two are divorced. The other two are... Cher's a widow. Uh, Susan Sarandon is just freshly jo- just divorced. Just got divorced. Doesn't have any kids. Yeah. And that's... Cher hints that that's but, why her husband divorced her. They can't. she couldn't have kids or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And Michelle Pfeiffer has too many kids, and that's <laughs> why her husband left. <laughs> She's very fertile. Yeah. But they have found each other in this Rhode Island town and they get together on a weekly basis. It seems to have martinis and talk about guys and talk about guys, talk about everything. And they're, and, and they know how to like hang. They got their Ritz crackers with their cheese whiz <laughs> or their easy cheese. Yeah, uh, when they were spraying it, my wife was watching this one. She's like, Oh my God, that looks so good. Oh, it did. Yeah, it right did. out of the can. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and this stuff is so shit. Oh, it is. But, but it tastes, it, so but it's del- magic. Sometimes you, it tastes really good. You put it on a cracker and magic happens. Yep. You know, they just sit there and they hang and drink martinis and beer all night, <laughs> play cards. Yeah, sounds fun. I'm in. Just chilling in this small Rhode Island town, you know, where they're kind of, they're definitely older than me. Let's see. They were probably around 40 years old. Uh, at least two of them. Uh, Cher and Susan Sarandon oh, were the probably around out? 40 years old. Michelle Pfeiffer was more around 30-ish. Yeah. Uh, ish. But they seem like they're the younger, like more yeah, hip. hip. Like Cher is definitely like, because she's like this artist. Michelle Pfeiffer is uh, a writer for the local paper. Susan Sarandon's the music teacher at the school. Yeah, none of them really fit in. Yeah. yeah. Susan Sarandon also is kind of very like straight-laced. Yeah. At the beginning. Very of the quiet and yeah. reserved. Yep. Um, Lacks confidence. So they're sitting there and they're talking about their man trouble. And then they're like, you know what we need? Oh, I should I should mention this also. Earlier in that same day, they were at some kind of dedication, 4th of July. Type. Oh, where Susan Sarandon's uh, school band is playing? Yeah, they played the uh, the... I don't even remember. It was the the theme for the America. <laughs> the national anthem. <laughs> America's theme song. <laughs> yeah. When uh, America's walking down the street. right back in your hero tale. Yes. <laughs> that one. <laughs> the love boat. It was that song, I think. They were playing the theme song from America. I couldn't think of national anthem. Those two words did not come into my head. Uh, Who's the team America? America. Fuck yeah. Um. So they played the national anthem, but they like their mayor or whatever gave a speech and it was so long and boring. And the and then it starts raining. Yeah. Yeah. Storm like quickly rolls in and it's like a mega storm. Yeah. And when they all meet up, they all realize that at the same time they had all thought, God, it would be nice if it just started raining. Right yeah. Now. And just end this shit and rain. It did. Yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer's like, that's kind of weird. That we all thought that, and they're like, whatever, fuck off. See you later. (laughs) Um, But anyway, so they're hanging out, they're drunk, um, eating their easy cheese, and uh, they start talking about their ideal man. Yep. He's got to be good looking, he's got to have a big dick, he's got to have a small dick, he's got to have a medium dick. Yeah, just a normal sized dick. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They start going off on all the different uh, things that they would like in a man, and... 
the winds of change start happening. You know, like the the fucking weather vane like shifts yeah, yeah, on top of turning stuff. Around. <laughs> and uh, this black car pulls into town. Yep. And uh, we don't see who gets out of the car. But uh, I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler you, you alert. Know who it is. Fucking Jack Nicholson. Who's at the top? Uh, who's the top Billy actor? In this movie? <laughs> uh, not Jack Nicholson. Not not the most handsome person. I don't think in the world. Like N- no. Well, and that that they acknowledge that in the movie later. Like you're not good looking. <laughs> but I think there's something about him, especially in this era. From, oh yeah. From about late seventies to late eighties, there was something about Nicholson where it's like it's the charisma. There's he's very charming. Yeah. But not even in a like this movie is Jack Nicholson as far as I'm concerned. Oh yeah. It, my wife and I were talking about that. Like Nicholson is always Nicholson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's times where I've seen him like not be as you know, he was in an episode of the Andy Griffith show. Really? Yeah, he was a young a young man, and he did an episode of the Andy Griffith show and he got charged with a crime. But Aunt B was like, I don't she was on the jury. Yeah. Because there had to be a jury trial, apparently. I don't know what the crime was. Like, he stole some <laughs> bubblegum. But, uh, and so he's probably, like, in his 20s. But he, uh, she's like, I don't think he did it. He doesn't, he has his face. He's too good looking or something hmm. like that, where she was like, his face just doesn't do it. So he was and, acquitted? Uh, he did not do it. They, uh, Andy, of course, probably figured it out, right? This is before he was, uh, what was that fucking show? Oh, Andy yeah. Griffith was yeah, in? Yeah, yeah, I, I can't. Uh, Oh, I just had it. Matlock? Matlock. Yeah. Yeah. This is before Matlock, but Andy probably figured it out. And uh, yeah, he didn't end up doing it. And he thanked uh, Aunt B. Aunt B, I just want to thank you I for setting thank me free. You for <laughs> acquitting me. And then he went I, on to become a, an Academy Award winning actor. Yeah. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> so he, he pulls into town and almost immediately... Starts causing a ruckus. Yeah, and rumors are kind of swirling about who's this new person that just bought this mansion. He bought this historical mansion uh, yeah. called the Lennox Mansion. And no one can remember his name. Yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer is like, hey, talking to Sharon, she's like, hey, someone just bought the Lennox Mansion. She's like, who? And she's like, I don't remember his name, yeah. which is really weird. Yeah, no one can. No one can. No one can. Uh, that night, Susan Sarandon has a uh, concert. Like a, like a string quartet kind of thing, yeah. And she's a cellist and uh, she's playing. And in the back, there's, this is our first image of him in the movie. <laughs> we hear him first. We just hear like snoring, really loud ass snoring. Yep. And he's got his head back and he, uh, and then the, everybody's turning and they're like, what the fuck? What's going on? You know, yeah. Murmuring. The song ends and he immediately wakes up and he starts clapping. Like, yeah. Like a standing ovation. He's like, brother, brother. <laughs> it was very, uh. Adam's family. Remember when Gomez does that? Yes. The kids play. And it's also very like overdramatic. Yeah. Everybody's kind of like, what the fuck? Yep. And he sends her flowers. And uh, on the card, just the letter D. Yeah. So she's talking to the girls afterwards and they're like, oh. And, and nobody in the crowd remembers his name. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. like, I don't remember that guy's name. He told me, but I don't remember. Um, And so she's telling the girls afterwards and then uh, she shows them the card and then uh, I think it's Suki, right? Yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer's yeah, like yeah. it's something, and then they start naming off names, like yeah, whatever, and then and they come up to Daryl, and then Van Horn, and then everybody's like, "Yes, Daryl Van, Van Horn," and it just cuts to like, yeah, all the people in the town. <laughs> all of a sudden, now everybody knows his name. Yep, and uh, 
it's right about then that I think it's Sookie's necklace. Breaks. Pearl necklace breaks. Yeah. Goes all over the floor. Veronica Cartwright slips on him, falls down some stairs and breaks her leg. Yeah. That was pretty brutal. <laughs> her leg was like on sideways. Yeah. <laughs> I think I broke my leg. Yeah. yeah you think? Veronica Cartwright uh, from Alien. Yep. Uh, and other stuff. <laughs> but Alien. Yeah. It was all her fault. Yeah, it was. <laughs> uh, she played Lambert in Alien, but uh, she is in this movie like very religious, very like mm-hmm. straight laced, and she thinks something's wrong immediately. Yeah, and yeah. she's like, "That boy ain't right." Yeah, she's like, "He's the he's the fucking devil." Yeah, something's uh, up with that dude. Um, and he's gonna bring chaos to this town, and she just knows something's wrong. <laughs> the girls, one by one gets seduced yeah i think shares first he like she's out riding her bike past the mansion yeah and he talks to her and invites her to lunch and uh he's got like an assistant who's like this really tall guy and it's lurch yeah from the adams family movies and like while he's talking he like leans over he's like he's got a really big schlong (laughs) that was funny he is uh vulgar he's very vulgar because like after they eat he's like i always like a little pussy after lunch <laughs> oh yeah because he's like trying to seduce her he like gets naked in front of her puts his robe on and he's on the bed and kind of like, like gyrating it. and like it's very nicholson and but then he looks at awesome. her and, and that's the line that i was gonna quote he's like i always like a little pussy after lunch and it's like <laughs> Cher is just in awe yeah and i think he's like yeah you're into this and no. she's like i am not she's like first of all i would never fuck you yeah you're disgusting and she goes off on him and she goes to leave and right as she's about ready to open the door he starts talking to her and he puts on that nicholson charm and she ends up fucking yeah, him. She, she succumbs <laughs> she ends up having sex with him <laughs> shortly after that uh he goes to Jane's yes, house next. Susan Sarandon. Yeah. He goes to her house and uh, they have dinner. And he brings a violin with him. And he starts playing for her and she's like, you're amazing. And he's like telling her that her left hand is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> but her right hand sucks. Yeah. He basically tells her that she's no good. Yep. But she could be. Yep. And so she starts playing and they start, he starts playing on the piano as she's playing. And it's very like sexual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he even like spreads her legs, and at first he's like, "What?" And then he puts a cello between the legs, like, "All right, now play." Yeah, and uh, he basically gets her to release all of her inhibitions, and they play, and she almost has an orgasm as she's playing, and like smoke is coming off the frets. She's playing the cello so hard yeah. that it just starts on fire. <laughs> um, they fuck. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they get it on. <laughs> <laughs> so then Cher is telling Michelle Pfeiffer how happy she is. She says that his penis is crooked. I yeah. That was funny. <laughs> um, she and Michelle Pfeiffer are going to his house for lunch. She's in, they've invited uh, her. Yep. Or he's invited them. Um, and Susan Sarandon's already there. And she's like, "What the fuck are you doing here?" Mm-hmm. Jack Nicholson shows up, and she's like, "Oh, hi, honey." And Cher's like, "What?" Well, Jack Nicholson ignores both of them and yeah, goes yeah, right he's to all Michelle, over Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> and then he starts uh, sweet talking her. They go play tennis. Yeah, and this is where stuff starts to get weird. Well, weirder. Definitely. <laughs> uh, as they're playing tennis and they're having, like, the girls are clearly. They're kind of fighting over. Jealous. Them. Yeah. Of one another. The ball, like, stops. Yeah, midair. Midair. Like, what? And then they start controlling the ball. Yep. And they're hitting it, and it's in slow motion. And then finally, he just hits it, sends it skyrocketing up into the air, and he's like, let's go eat lunch or whatever. Yeah. 
So they go into his mansion and they're all swimming in the swimming pool. And uh, this is where he seduces Michelle Pfeiffer. Yep. And, and I think around the same time, too, like they float like... I don't know if it's before or after. I think it comes after this because basically what happens uh, at this time after he seduces Michelle Pfeiffer is that the girls kind of all agree that they're going to share him. Yeah. And he makes them feel good. (laughs) Yeah. And he's like, well, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, what a strange proposition. Yeah. You got Susan Sarandon and Cher and Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, what is a boy to do? <laughs> Especially in 1987. Yeah. Like, not now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, kind of at their peak. Yeah. But, uh... I remember Michelle Pfeiffer in Batman Returns. Remember she has that whip in uh, Batman Returns? Like, yeah. Uh, she really did that. Like, where she whips the heads off the oh, mannequins. Really? Yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer, there was, a, there was a moment there where she was, like, the it actor. Probably right after this movie, yeah, yeah. actually. Meow. Because then she was in like the Fabulous Baker Boys. You know, she was in one of my all-time favorite movies. Scarface? Grease 2. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that movie so many fucking times. I don't think I've ever seen it. Don't bother. <laughs> it's like one of those movies, guilty pleasure movies. Yeah. Like, it reminds me of when I was a kid. Yeah, there's a lot of movies like that. that they, they only matter if you saw them at the right time. Yep. You watch it now for the first time. You're like, what on earth yeah, is this? I don't understand what the attraction <laughs> is to this. But that movie's awesomely bad it's magic it is magic um speaking of magic so the girls they're like they're they're, it's like one big party at his house all the time uh their daughters come over um i think they all have daughters yeah yep um their daughters come over and he's got like bunch of balloons uh well uh susan sarandon doesn't but yeah yeah the other two do that's what i meant all the kids the kids come over um and uh, they're dressed up as fairies, and he's just treating them all right and everything. And then, yes, uh, they start floating at one point, and they're because they're all laughing and having such a good time, and the girls start to float. Yeah, that's weird. So they've basically what they formed is a coven, right? Yeah, kind of on accident, and they've become witches. Now, something about this house was, and Susan Sarandon tells Jack Nicholson this before they had sex. Uh, that the house was known, or yeah, where they burned witches. They burned witches. And there. he says that, and he says that's not true. Yeah. So they're in New England, you know, where witches were kind of like the thing back, I guess, in the 1600s. <laughs> yeah. I don't know when it was. Sounds right. Yeah. Seen seen the Crucible. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, they, it's like that whole witch thing. But they are. And they have these powers and they have the ability to do stuff. Well, meanwhile, Veronica Cartwright's character doesn't like any of them. Like I said, she's really, they're, they're, uh, they're Satan. They're the devil. She, she has a rant. I think where she says something like about whores, dildos, and anal intercourse or something. <laughs> oh yeah. She does. She does talk about that. <laughs> um, and she pub she starts room while she, not just her, the whole town is talking about them and how weird it is. And, uh, they, they mention that they're lesbians, uh, because they're all there together with him and they're sharing him. And, uh, mm-hmm. that's the rumor. And, uh, it's very scandalous. Kids are withdrawing from Susan Sarandon's class. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's kids are getting picked on at school. The town is just a buzz. It's a small town, right? Gossip. Mm-hmm. And Felicia's husband works with her at the paper, and I think he publishes like a gossip article. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 
and uh, they published an article that Felicia wrote. Uh, well, kind of, but about Jack Nicholson and the girls. And Michelle Pfeiffer, who works there at the paper, is like, how could you do this to me? And uh, the, the paper guy, Felicia's husband, is like, my wife's not well. She's going insane. <laughs> yeah, something's up. She needs a medical help. Well, later that night, the girls are all talking about it. And Jack Nicholson's like, don't worry about it. And he brings out this bowl. Big old bowl of cherries. I mean, like, we're talking like, imagine a walk, but like twice the size of a walk. Like, yeah, and just full, full of cherries. cherries. And he's like, have a cherry. And they start eating these cherries and like spitting the pits out. At the same time, it cuts back and forth. Veronica Cartwright's at home with her husband and she's telling him all this bullshit. And like almost like every time they spit out a cherry pit, she coughs one up. <laughs> yeah, it's really gross. And it goes back and forth and her stomach is all... Yeah, she's got the belly gurgles. Yeah. And so they're eating these cherries and they're talking about her and how they want to get her back. Nicholson's like, uh, oh, well. Yeah, don't worry no. about it. Don't worry about it. Have another cherry. <laughs> and they're like, I wish she would just go away. Well, she starts vomiting up cherry pits. Now, yeah, it is like projectile, exorcist style vomit. <laughs> I mean, it's awful. <laughs> yeah, it's everywhere. But this. And, and Richard Jenkins or Clyde yeah. is like, what the fuck is going on with my wife? And this scene, this is where Veronica Cartwright shines in the movie. Like this scene. Yeah. Like she does such a great job of, uh, she, she does this whole thing where she's like rubbing her crotch and she's like <laughs> there and she's acting like a animal and everything. Yeah. And then she starts vomiting up all these cherry pits. And anyway, Clyde, the husband has had enough and he kills her. That part surprised <laughs> me. Yeah, he just walks up with a fire poker and just beats her to death. And then this like casually goes back to his chair by the fireplace and starts reading a book. Well, the girls hear about the death and the murder, and they're like, they take blame for it. Yeah, they know that they inadvertently caused it. And then the girls start arguing with one another, and they start yelling. Yeah. And then the ground breaks below their feet, and they're like, fuck this, and they all run hey, we away. Just, we just caused an earthquake. <laughs> and they all run away, and they basically are like, we're... And they say, we gotta we got to distance ourselves from Daryl. like And from each other. Yeah. Because when we're together, bad shit happens. Mm-hmm. Until this all settles down, we got to distance ourselves. Well, Daryl starts getting upset. They're not calling him. Yeah, he likes attention. They're not coming over. He tries. He calls Cher. She hangs up on him. And he goes to visit. and uh, Visit Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. Who, weirdly enough, has like a... He's got like a weird mole thing or like a like weird... A sore. So, yeah, on her face. I yeah. Thought, I thought that was strange, too. I don't know how that happened. Like, she's got a canker yeah, sore. Yeah, it wasn't so really explained. Herps. Yeah, he's got the herpes. Yeah. It's just a cold sore. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, Susan Sarandon won't answer the door, so he's getting increasingly agitated. Susan Sarandon finds out she's pregnant. Yeah, and she's super happy about it. She's like, yes. So she's running over to Daryl. And she's, of the three girls, she's the one who's most in love with Jack Nicholson, right. I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, she runs over to tell him, and she kind of just barges in, and she's like, she tells the butler, don't tell him I'm here. Yeah, hey, Lurch, go play your harpsichord. <laughs> I'm going to go talk to him. Um, but uh, she kind of sneaks up on him, and he's watching a video that he shot of the girls. And in the video, the girls are basically talking about their biggest fears. Mm, like yep. Cher's talking about, like, she has a basically snakes. a fear of snakes. Yep. And uh, Susan Sarandon has a fear of getting old. And Michelle Pfeiffer has a fear of being hurt. Right. Of pain or something. 
And so he's watching all that. And he's got like a wall of like several different monitors and TVs. Like It's got to be like 25 TVs. Yeah. It's got to be five across and five down. Yeah. And he's but he's wa- watching the same thing on all of them. Very wasteful. I know, right? And so uh, when he gets to um, Susan Sarandon's part where she's talking about getting aging, aging, like all the fruit in the fruit bowl in front of him starts rotting. Yep. And then she starts aging. Yeah, she looks at her hand and it starts like withering. And she runs away and he doesn't know that she's there. And then all of a sudden it goes away. Like she's not aging anymore. And then he's watching Cher and she's like, Alex. Cut to Cher's bed. She wakes up. Snakes are all in her bed. That was gross. And there was a shit ton of snakes. <laughs> oh, dude. That, that, yeah, that would have been. I'm glad my wife wasn't watching oh, this with me, me? because she would have been creeped out. Yeah, I would have been like. Ugh. And then. Michelle Pfeiffer is the one about pain and he's like eating some kind of fruit and he's just like crushing it. Yeah. And it, and it's causing pain for her, like abdominal pain. Yep. And he even throws it and she swings back against like the wall or something like that. Yep. Well, Susan Sarandon goes and gets uh, Alex and uh, they go to get Michelle Pfeiffer and she's in the hospital now and she's still in all this pain and they don't know what it is, but they know he's responsible. Yep. Yeah. Suki tells them, she's like, I'm pregnant. And then Susan Sarandon's like, I'm pregnant too. And then Cher's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah she's like, like she's oh, pregnant also. No. They're like, this has to stop. Yeah. So Cher says, I'll take care of it. And she goes back to Jack Nicholson, who is ironing. <laughs> but this scene. Fantastic. It was fucking awesome. Yeah, this I, scene I and the church it. scene. Yeah. But this scene right here is. This is the scene that I watched when I was when I was younger and I was like I want to be an actor because <laughs> I want to do this. Yeah. And if you watch one scene out of The Witches of Eastwood, I mean it's like watching when uh when Nicholson is going after Shelley Wendy. Duvall. Yeah, in, yeah. Give me, uh, the give me the bat scene. Yes. Yeah, in The Shining. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just, just going to bash, bash your fucking, fucking brains. <laughs> I'm going to bash him right the fuck <laughs> in. So it's like that scene or, or the scene in The Shining where he's like, anytime I'm in here. And you hear me typing. <laughs> <laughs> or not. Or whatever the fuck I'm doing in here. <laughs> uh, oh, remind me to tell you a theory about The Shining. All right. Um, at some point. Uh, so anyway, he goes off. Big tantrum. Like he throws the uh, the ironing board. <laughs> he's it's just fucking awesome. He basically, it's like the, the crux of his argument is like, I did all this stuff. I helped you. And I'd like a little recognition, uh, a little appreciation, a little attention. Yep. And you're not giving me any of it. Yeah. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. It's, it's like, one of the I best scenes I just want to be loved, ever. basically. <laughs> and so then she agrees to it. Yeah. And now he stops. So then the pain stops on Michelle Pfeiffer. Right. Yep. She gets better. And all the girls come over to his house and he's all nice and he's back to being Jack slick mm-hmm. Jack and uh, the girls come in and everything's good. Yeah. And they're all going to fuck him. Yeah. They are all wearing like lingerie and, oh. and he walks into the bedroom and he's, and he's like, like, yep, living the dream. <laughs> uh, they all fuck the next day. <laughs> he tells his Butler, he's like, Hey, we're going to go into town. The girls want bagels, <laughs> bagels and ice cream. And ice cream. <laughs> they're pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he goes into town and as he's gone, the girls, finally the charades over. Yeah. Immediately. Like as soon as he pulls away, they're like, yeah. all right, they get to work. Yep. They, I guess, find a spell book. I don't know how they know how to do this. This is one of my faults with this movie, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. they, they make a voodoo doll out of them out of wax. Yep. 
and uh, they start doing some bullshit to him. Uh, they cause him to have a bunch of pain. Uh, yeah, and he's like at the ice cream shop when it starts happening, and he's just like, oh, yeah. and he knows immediately that they're, they're, they're fucking with him. Yep. They cause a windstorm to blow a bunch of feathers. He starts spitting out feathers. <laughs> and as the feathers come out, he's like, girls, <laughs> girls. Yep. Very Mrs. Garrett. Yep. Girls. <laughs> uh, the wind blows him basically into a church. <laughs> he shuts the door. And he starts talking to the churchgoers. This is another great scene. He started talking about women and how... Uh, uh, yeah, and he's going on a rant. Uh, they're a mistake. About, yeah, and that God, like, if there's a God, why did he make, like, women. make women? And he's going on a long, very inappropriate rant. It, at least inappropriate in a church setting. Yeah, and uh, they do the whole cherry pit thing. <laughs> he starts vomiting up cherry pits, and he's like, I taught him. It's no big deal. No big deal. <laughs> Nothing he's like, I here. taught him that. I taught him this little trick. <laughs> It's like, that's all it is, is a bunch of little tricks. Um, he gets in the car. Yeah, and while he's driving, like... Um, they're, they're cleaning up. Yeah, yeah. Because they're like, what if it didn't work? Yeah. And then the dog, his dog, like, jumps up on the counter and grabs the voodoo doll with his mouth. And then, like, so Jack Nicholson's in the car, and he, like, starts flying around inside the car. It's he even cool. flies out the back window at yeah. one point and then climbs back in through the sunroof. And Yeah, it's very Teen Wolf, like, surfing on the top <laughs> of the car. <laughs> He gets back to his house and the girls have cleaned up and they're acting like nothing happened. And he comes in and now he's like transforming. Yeah. He's pissed. He's like, he's like a monster. He's like a mon. Like his physical features have transformed and he's like snarling. <laughs> and he goes up to them and they're like, Oh fuck. Yeah. What did they think was going to happen? Well, well, their plan was that he would just leave. Yes. The plan was to hurt him. Yeah. And then if it didn't work, I don't know what they were going to do. Yeah, exactly. What's plan B? Plan B was, I guess, just to live with them for the rest of their lives. <laughs> like, okay, well, fuck. Well, you're back. I'm sorry. It didn't work. Want to have sex? <laughs> um, he's like chasing after them. They're like, the doll. So they go find the voodoo doll and they start throwing it back and forth and causes him. It drops on the ground and breaks. Yeah, <laughs> breaks apart. And they're like, oh, fuck. Now what? And then I thought it, he was just going to fall apart. So did I. He doesn't, uh, but he shows up outside the window and he's like a gigantic, like a golem almost. <laughs> yeah. He looks like a giant golem. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, they take the pieces of the voodoo doll cause it's made of wax and they throw it in the fire yeah. and it just Ow. burns him, melts him. And then he shrinks down to nothing. And then, then he looks like a little Groot, like yep. a little baby Groot. Yep. And then he just disappears. Cut to 18 months later. They kids, all have the baby boys. Born. They all have baby boys. And all their hair color matches. Like Yeah, there's Susan a redhead. Got a, yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, the one thing I was going to say about Susan Sarandon. So she went from uh, being like this bookish, like, whatever. Yeah, to kind of a sex pot. Yeah, very <laughs> much like she is in Bull Durham. <laughs> like, like, over the course of this yeah. movie. Um, but anyway, they're all taking care of their babies. And they're all living together in the mansion that he had. Yeah. Did he will that to him? Or did they just take it over? You know what? Eh, whatever. Well, they got the butler, too. He's yeah, helping yeah. them take care of everything. He's like, you know, he had just given me a raise right before he left. I don't have it in writing. And I do have a big schlong. <laughs> I can please you. And then uh, they, I don't know, they're talking and they're talking about like uh, him. And they're like, don't think about him. We can't all be together if we're going to yeah. think about him. And they all kind of confess that they miss him. Yep. And then the the boys, the babies, go to where that bank of TVs are, and all of a sudden Jack appears on every one of the television yeah. sets, and he's talking to the hey boys. Kids. Then the girls walk in and they click the remote off. Yeah, and he's like, "No, no, 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 no!" And they're like, oh, "See ya." <laughs> so it's like 
it, it leads me to believe that he's kind of like there every once in a while. Like he'll come yeah. back in some way. He's got visitation form. rights. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's the end of the movie. What'd you think? Uh, you know, I had never seen it. Um, I enjoyed it. It was not at all what I was expecting, mm-hmm. but I thought Jack Nicholson was really good. I thought all of the women were all great. So I thought acting wise, uh, just a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I liked some of the sight gags. I thought it got a little weird. Like the second half, I felt some of it was kind of rushed. Like everything got crazy. Yeah. Um, I thought the ending was a little rushed with him turning into a big monster for like five seconds. Yeah. Um, I laughed a lot. I thought it was a funny movie. I enjoyed uh, all the acting. Um, I was. Ca- I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go three on this one. Okay, and I'm pretty much right there with you. I'm gonna go three and a half. Um, I think I love the acting in this movie. Uh, well, Nicholson, first of all, if you're going to watch a movie besides The Shining where Nicholson shines, no pun intended, uh, <laughs> his role of Daryl Van Horn in The Witches of Eastwick is the one to watch, in my opinion. I think that he does. I mean, and you could almost see. Did you notice there's the Joker? Oh, yeah. Thing yeah. in the back. No, the, the little kid. There was a little kid's toy that was a Joker. Oh, I didn't see that. I thought you meant like his mannerisms. There was a lot of the Joker in his character. And the Joker, uh, Batman came out a couple years after this. But when Michelle Pfeiffer's going through her pain thing and she's like yeah. getting beat up, basically, um, in the background uh, or right next to her, they actually even close up on it. There's the Joker eh. from Batman is like going back and forth, which I thought was weird. And I was like, hmm. Yeah, because it was first. Yeah, and I was like, did they already know? Had he already signed up for it? Or did Tim Burton see this movie and go, hey. (laughs) Well, and that's what I'm getting to is like, I could imagine someone seeing this movie and being like, that is our Joker. Because, I mean, that's fucking Jack Nicholson. (laughs) He's fucking awesome in this movie. Cher did awesome. I'm not a huge Cher fan. Um, Yeah, I'm not either, but she was good. I don't hate Cher. I just am not really a huge fan. She was awesome in this. Susan Sarandon, I think, did great. And Michelle Pfeiffer. And this yeah. had to be right around when Cher won an Oscar for Moonstruck, right? Well, that, yeah, and so that's the other thing, too, is like, I don't know if this movie was before or after all these movies, but I mentioned Bull Durham. Susan Sarandon was awesome in that movie. Moonstruck with Cher and Fabulous Baker Boys. So all these women were like at the top of their game right yeah. around now. And Nicholson was like towards the top of his game right then. It's a pretty big cast. Also, not to shortchange Veronica Cartwright, because she did fucking awesome also. Yeah, she was good. Um, so acting wise, I think it's great story. Um, I think the story is good. I like the idea of like the devil. I mean, that's basically who Nicholson is, right? The devil showing up and trying to seduce these women, but the women have more power than he thinks. Right. And, uh, they fuck him over in the end, (laughs) um, which I like that as well. Um, the parts that were rushed to your point, I think the beginning could have been quicker and the ending could have been slower like we could have had more things because like all of a sudden they knew how to do a spell right right yeah exactly i was a little I, confused i didn't get i know that they realized that they were quote-unquote witches but i didn't get the i didn't see that there wasn't that realization yeah. like oh Ooh, we're, witches. we're witches <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know yeah i don't think the word witch is ever even used in the movie well they talk about the witches being oh, burned yeah, yeah, and everything, yeah. but, but they never called themselves, themselves that right so that was kind of weird is weird. It um, made me think of something. Uh, I'm sure you do the same thing. Usually after I watch a movie, I'll go to like Wikipedia mm-hmm. and I'll read the plot just to make sure I didn't miss anything. Yeah. So I did that and I was like, there was so much stuff that I missed and I was like, what? And I even went back and rewatched it and then I was like, 
none of this happened. Oh, really? But I realized I was reading the plot synopsis for the book, not the movie. Oh, yes. I was like, oh, okay, that makes more sense. Yeah, yeah. So this is based on a book, which there was also a sequel called The Widows of Eastwick, in which they all get back together Hmm. um, uh, from the book. Uh, The book ends really weirdly. Yeah. And... uh, yeah, I could tell there were a lot of differences. Yeah, it was more serious and more dark in tone, yeah. I think the book was. But uh, anyway, so three and a half for me, three from you. Let's call it... Three and a quarter. Three and a quarter, <laughs> because <laughs> that's what the average is. <laughs> so not really a horror movie, like traditional no. horror movie. But there were, I think the witch's element of it, the devil... Especially the shit at the end. and the vo- Yeah, yeah, exactly. All the voodoo and the barfing and yeah. the, the spells... Yeah. Yeah. But um, definitely, like, if you like horror movies and you haven't seen this, well, you know the whole plot synopsis now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we just told you the whole movie. Nope. So, fuck off. Read the book. (laughs) Read the book and then tell us (laughs) about that. Um, Also, a movie... Well, this is the movie that I saw that I wanted to watch, and so that's why I picked Witches of Eastwick. I don't know why I matched these up. I just did. Um, (laughs) But Death Becomes Her from 1992. Yeah. Kind of a horror movie-esque, and that's where we got into this conversation. I know we were talking about Heathers. Mm-hmm. I was like, is that a horror movie? It's on Shudder. So what does that fucking mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't so know. Was I think frogs, it's not. Frog come to, or Hell Comes to Frogtown. Yeah, that wasn't a horror movie. No, it was a horrible movie. That movie's awful. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, I don't think it is either, but it might be a movie that I pick anyway if we're going to do fringe episodes yeah. sometimes because it has those... There's elements, elements in there. Yeah. Death Becomes Her is one of those movies where I was like, is it? Isn't it? Is it? Isn't it? <laughs> um, 1992, written by Martin Donovan and David Kep. Cop? Kep. Kep. Yeah. And Kep did uh, Jurassic Park. Oh, there you go. Directed by Robert Zemeckis. He's done a couple of things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's made some movies. <laughs> Music by Alan Silvestri. Also, done some stuff stuff. he always works with zemeckis like that's his dude yeah so zemeckis obviously back to the future Future trilogy yeah and and alan Alan sebastian did all the music yeah starring uh meryl streep as is it madeline 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 okay madeline ashton yeah i couldn't remember i watched this movie a few days ago um meryl streep uh bruce willis as dr ernest menville Goldie Hawn as Helen Sharp and Isabella Rossellini <laughs> as Liesl van Ruman. Yep. Uh, release date, July 31st, 1992. Budget, $55 million. Box office, $149 million. Nice. $55 million special effects. Oh, yeah. Especially 1992. Yeah. I mean, this was probably post-Jurassic Park? No, this is right before Jurassic Park. Okay, so right before Jurassic Industrial Park. Light and Magic did the effects for this movie. So and it their was, next movie was Jurassic Park. Okay, so a lot of the stuff that they were doing in this movie was probably like, hey, let's see if we can do this. Mm-hmm. Let's see if we can get away with this. Yeah. And then um, moving on. Did you see this movie when it came out? Yes. Well, yeah. not in the theater, on video. Oh, okay. On video cassette. <laughs> I saw this movie at the drive-in. Really? I did. Wow. You were young. Yeah. And it was just me and my dad, which is kind of weird. Yeah. It's like, come on, son. Go to the drive-in. It's like, we're not going to make out, right? <laughs> no, son. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, was it a double feature? Probably. I don't remember. Oh, God, what was the other movie? Uh, I'm sure it was. Yeah. But we went there specifically to see this movie. Double features at drive-ins. I mean, the idea is cool. It's like, oh, you pay four bucks or whatever it is to get into a drive-in. You get to watch two movies. You get to sit in your own car. 
you know what? I don't like drive-ins that much for watching two movies because I don't find my car all that comfortable that I want to sit in it and watch a movie. And sometimes I'm like looking out through the windshield. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, and when we go, um, we would usually get out and oh, bring some like, like lawn chairs. Yeah. Yeah. That's the nice thing, I guess, about Arizona is that yeah. you can go do that like especially like fall. you said this came out in july of 92 oh yeah so well, even, probably, even outside would have been it, hot it probably wouldn't have been at the drive-in in july though what do you mean drive-ins usually have movies later they're not like initially released at the drive uh, this one did you think yeah you went in the summer yeah you guys are nuts I remember, like as a kid we went to the drive-in a lot so like i saw a lot of movies right when they came out at the drive-in like uh beetlejuice i remember seeing yeah i Who saw e. roger rabbit i, I saw, saw et at the drive-in oh, awesome yeah, twice. I fell asleep both times. <laughs> You're like, this movie bores me. Well, I think it was like, well, it was probably the first movie, but it could have been the second movie on the double feature. And it's like, oh, I got to sit through a whole other fucking film. Yeah. Well, I remember as a kid too, because in Arizona in the summer, the sun sets so late. It's not even dark till past eight sometimes. Yeah. So that second movie, yeah, sometimes depending on how long the movie is, like it might be starting at 1030. I saw um, Billy Madison at the drive-in. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. Awesome. We used to go to the drive-in in high school. Um, you hide people in the trunk? No. No? Because it was like six bucks for the whole car. Oh, nice. Like they would have these like specials, but we used to go uh, in high school and uh, because the thing was, is like, oh, you can smoke while you watch a movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fucking idiots. <laughs> Bunch of fucking idiots I was. Oh, shit. All right. So you saw this in the drive-in. That's cool. Yeah. Plot. All right. 1978. Dude, right even before like that happens, we immediately get some awesome music. Like the theme music oh, for this yeah. movie is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And the score, the score oh, is really good. It's fun. Yeah. Um, Madeline is doing a performance on Broadway. Yeah, nineteen seventy-eight, which is very poorly received. People are leaving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We see people talking shit like at intermission. Like, oh, not, I don't even think awful. it's intermission. I oh, think they started. <laughs> I think they're just leaving. Like, like it's towards the end of the performance, right? This is the last number. The first, the first thing that we see when she starts singing is like the last number of the right. musical. So people are leaving because they're like, "This is bullshit." I don't even want to see the last number. Um, but in the <laughs> beat the traffic, <laughs> in the very back or towards the back is Goldie Hawn and Bruce Willis, and they're engaged. And he is a big fan of Madeline, mm-hmm. and Goldie Hawn is a childhood friend. They went to high school together, and she was always jealous of Yeah, they had kind Madeline. of a, a rivalry. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we come to find out that Madeline always stole Goldie Hawn's boyfriends. Yeah, so why were they friends? I think it's one of those things of like, <laughs> you know, oh, yes, we should do lunch sometime, you know. Okay. Yeah. Just competitive bullshit. Yeah. But... uh they go backstage and Goldie Hawn's going to introduce Bruce Willis. Yeah, he loved it. Like, he's the only one who claps from Silver. And he's like, woo! Yeah. Woo! <laughs> he's like Nicholson. Bravo! Bravo! <laughs> yeah. Um, so they go to the back and Meryl Streep's like taken with Bruce Willis. I don't know if it's because he's Bruce Willis or it's just because it's Goldie He's Hans. pretty nerdy in this movie. Yeah. yeah, I think it's more of uh well, and he's also a plastic surgeon and she's very self-conscious about her very looks and aging. Yeah, and she even says like, "Do you think I'm starting to need you?" And like it, she says it like in a very sexual way. Yeah. But yeah, she's talking about her face. Yeah. And so uh she invites him to lunch or something. She go actually Meryl Streep actually, the next day goes and visits him at well, he's at doing work. surgery. <laughs> he's got blood on his hands and he like waves at her. <laughs> yeah. And uh 
they go out to lunch and uh, he's telling Goldie Hawn about it. And she's like, oh, she's going to try to steal this you what away she does. from me. I introduced you because I wanted to see if you could pass, pass the, the test. test. Yep. And, and he's like, I do not have a thing for <laughs> Madeline Ashton. absolutely no interest. Yep. And then it like immediately dun, jump dun, cuts dun. to wedding bells. And it's Meryl <laughs> Streep and Bruce Willis getting married. And Goldie Hawn's wearing like all black. Like yeah. She's mourning. <laughs> she's all, hmm. Cut to seven years later. Yeah. <laughs> and Helen is... Uh, this is Goldie Hawn's character. Yeah, she's put on some weight. Yeah, she's uh, fat. <laughs> she's a cat lady. She's got tons of cats everywhere in her fucking apartment. She's just eating like Was whatever. she eating cat food? I don't know what she was eating. I, I, when I was watching it, I don't think she was eating. Or it was like cream cheese or something? It was like something right out of the bucket. It was yeah. like sour cream she was eating or with like her hands. cream cheese. But I... Had a flash memory of when I was watching this, I was like, "Does she eat cat food at one point in this?" But that scene wasn't in there, so that might have been another thing that I was thinking about. But <laughs> anyway, uh, she. Uh, w- w- what would it take? Okay, zombie apocalypse, right? Mm-hmm. We're Walking Dead. We're not the Walking Dead. Well, we are the Walking Dead, <laughs> but we're the we're the, the people, the not survivors. zombies. Yeah, and we're running out of food, and we come up to a place. You know, you and I, we're out oh. scavenging. And get uh, some cat food. There's cat food and dog food in the canned stuff. I mean, you're hungry. Yeah. Would you eat it? I mean, I guess you would. Oh, starving. Yeah. I wouldn't be happy about it. Like how hungry you have to be. (laughs) Like how many days? (laughs) Pretty damn hungry. (laughs) All efforts to like kill a pigeon, like have failed at that point. Cause like I would try to kill like, I remember one time squirrels or like rats. I think I would eat a rat before I eat dog food. Honestly, I, I remember one time I went to like the cupboard and I got myself a snack, and then I also got my dog a snack at the same time, and I had one in each hand, and I ate the dog snack, and it was like it was like dog jerky. Mm-hmm. I spit it out, but it, it wasn't terrible. I got the I got these like they look like Slim Jims. Yeah, yeah, it was like it was one of those it was round. Yep. I got those for my dogs the other day, and I opened them up, and they it smells good. Yeah. It smells like fucking beef jerky. Yeah. I didn't try it. <laughs> well, it's not awful. I've had worse. There's this new kind of dog food that we've been buying our dogs. It's like more like gourmet, and um, it looks like actual... like Looks like food? Like a meal? Yes. It looks like meat. It's not in a can. It's like in the refrigerated section. It's in a bag. Um well, it's like a refrigerated section where the dog food is. And it's like in a bag. And it looks like chicken, like shredded yeah. chicken some with like stuff. peas and carrots in it. Yeah, I had some of that for my dog too when she couldn't eat hard food anymore. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I had this one that she really liked it. Like um, it looked almost like beef stew. Yeah. It smelled really good. Yeah, it looked delicious. Yeah. Maybe I would eat that. I'd yeah. eat that I'd high eat that class kind of stuff. shit. I yeah. wouldn't eat that fucking eat that Alpo. fancy shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no kibble for Brett. Oh, yeah. And what about that, like, dry dog food? Yeah, the crunchy oh. shit. Yeah, no thanks. Yeah, pour some milk on it. <laughs> pour some almond Dude, milk that'd be a on good, that. That'd be a good prank. Get, like, brown kibble and put like some milk in there. Puffs. Like, it looks like Cocoa Puffs. Or Cocoa Puffs, yeah. yeah. And, then just, and then just sit back and watch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what if the person actually liked it though they're like they're like this is goddamn delicious <laughs> what if it was too yeah you're like give me that <laughs> you're like ha gotcha yeah it's disgusting <laughs> uh, double prank yeah <laughs> put a quarter in your ass because you played yourself <laughs> all right so she's obese 
And she's past doing her rent, and she's like watching a VHS tape of one of Madeline's per- shitty movies, and like she's like it's watching she a gets death scene, yeah. yeah. And she just like is rewinding it over and over again, watching her die. And then she gets a uh, the landlord. It has some cops. They burst in and they haul her off. And then she goes to a psych ward. Yeah, and uh, she's sitting like in the in the psych ward in the mental hospital. It's like at one floor of the cuckoo's nest, and they're all sitting in a circle. And uh, the nurse is like, "All right." Um, Helen, what's been on your mind? And all the like insane people like, look no. at her and she's like, I would like to talk about something. And they're like, yes. She's like, Madeline Ashton. And they no, all go fucking crazy. No. Even the nurse does. Yeah. Like, she's like, God damn it. It's like every fucking time you bring this up. I'm still talking about her. The nurse finally talks to her privately and she's like, you got to get over it. And Helen's like, you're right. She's like, you have to like completely put her out of her mind. You have to completely eliminate. And she says eliminate. She's like, you're right. You're absolutely right. right. Flash forward seven years. So now we're 14 years after the original uh, opening of the movie, uh, which brings us up to 1992, I guess. Uh, Madeline and Ernest. Ernest are living in their mansion in California. And they're miserable. Yeah, he's a drunk. Uh, she's he's a no bitch. longer a surgeon. He, yeah, he's, he's an undertaker because he drinks so much. He doesn't have the steady hand anymore. Yep. And he's come up with a way to make bodies look human. Uh, this this comes out at some point, not right now, but he comes up with a way to basically paint the bodies with spray paint. Yeah. To make them look good when they when they go to die. And even a woman's like, oh, you, you did, did my great job on my Aunt Esther or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like, what's, what's your, your secret? secret? He's like, spray paint. <laughs> She's it's like, it, oh, it's got its own chemical adhesive. Uh, it comes in a variety of colors. And she's just disgusted. She's like, oh. Which I was like, who cares? Yeah, like, you're dead. Who what kind shit? Of, oh, oh, I use Estee Lauder. Like, does it matter? Like, what kind of fucking makeup? Yeah, I don't care if it's Maybelline or Krylon. Like, yeah. Whatever works, man. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, do you use the stuff with the primer in it? <laughs> or do yeah. you spray primer you have a on primer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some Bondo. <laughs> I think they even mentioned Bondo they do. later yeah, on. Use a little f- Bondo on the chin, babe. <laughs> <laughs> Which you know, having worked with spray paint and Bondo and stuff, that that's funny. Oh, Bondo's awful. That oh. smell. Oh yeah, the oh. smell. I don't know. I kind of enjoy it. <laughs> oh, you yeah, you, you feel, get used. You feel it. <laughs> you get Woo! used to it. But yes, <laughs> but it's great. It's great to uh, work with. Um, uh, Helen sends Madeline an invitation to a book party. Cause oh, I was going to talk movie, about Madeline a little bit oh, yeah, more first before we uh, get to that part. So he's a drunk and he's doing this shit. Madeline's kind of like her career has tanked. Yeah. Yeah. She's done. She's a has been. And you know what's funny too is like Meryl Streep, um, awesome actress, right? But it wasn't like. She was awful looking either, like, but she keeps complaining about how she's getting older and she's like, you know, my my breasts are sagging and my butt is flat and everything. And I was like, she looked fine to yeah, me. She looks like fine. I I mean Yeah, but when you're that vain, <laughs> I guess by all you see are your flaws. Oh, of the three, who's the oldest? Like in real life? In real life. I'm gonna say oh, Goldie Hahn. I wouldn't have guessed that. I would have said Meryl Streep, but you are absolutely correct. Goldie Hahn's like seventy five years old, I think. She now. I think she will be 75 this year. That's crazy. I think she was born in 46. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, Yeah, 45, 46. Yeah. Meryl Streep is like 48 or 49, somewhere around there. But uh, Bruce Willis was like 58. uh, Year born, by the way. Um, So he's like 10 years younger than these Hmm. these gals at the time of the... Well, still, 
He's still 10 years younger than them. <laughs> like it doesn't that's, change. That's time works. <laughs> so, I don't know. I just found that interesting. I wouldn't have guessed Goldie Hawn was the oldest of the three. Right. I don't yeah. know why. I always thought she was younger. Yeah, I would have. I would have too. I just knew how. I just know how old she is. Or I know that she's one of those people that has always looked younger than she actually is. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen her in a while. Still looks good. She yeah. doesn't look 75. I mean, she's older, but. Holds Kurt Russell. He's got to be. He's, he's probably a little 70. younger. No, he's no, not no. 70. He's got to be close. I'm, I put him late 60s. Yeah. Oh, that sounds about right. Book party. Okay. Yeah, so she, <laughs> Sorry. But yeah, so she's complaining about her, her stuff. Um, and obviously they have a tumultuous relationship. Like, like Ernest also doesn't sleep in the same bedroom. Like he falls asleep drunk upstairs in his office. And even like the bed. Cause she thought that he w- he slept with her that night. And she's like, oh, I can't believe he didn't make his half of the bed. And the bed has two distinct like sheets and like yeah. patterns. Like <laughs> they don't even use the same like comforter. Yep. <laughs> um, the, uh, but yes, Helen sends an invite to a book party. Uh, she's releasing her latest book. It's called Forever Young. <laughs> yeah, when Madeline sees it, she goes, oh, Forever Young and Eternally Fat. <laughs> <laughs> Meryl Streep's got some great one-liners in this, and she delivers them so great. Um, but uh, so her and Ernest decide that they're going to go and uh, support their friend. No. To see... You know, it's like it's like if someone you don't like invites you someplace, you're like, yeah, I want to, I want to see what this fucker's yeah, up to. Exactly. Or they befriend you on Facebook, on Facebook or something. And you're like, like, oh mm-hmm. yeah, look at you, fucking loser. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it twenty years ago. <laughs> yep. Time's caught up to you, bitch. <laughs> um. So that's why they're going. Um. And they see her from a distance, or they see what they think is her from a distance. Yeah, they see a bigger girl, and she's like, oh, it looks like she's lost a few pounds. Yep. And the bigger girl moves out of the way, and there's Goldie Hawn. And it's it's Goldie Hawn, right? It's yeah, her normal she looks, body. She looks great. Um, tiny, beautiful woman. And uh, Madeline's like, oh, fuck. And uh, she comes up to them and she's like, oh, Mads. Like they call each other like those. Mad <laughs> in hell. Yeah. <laughs> and then they give the kiss on the cheek and all that kind of bullshit. They call Ernest Ern. So you got madder in hell. Uh, mm. Yeah. I'm sure that was intentional. I'm sure it was. Madder <laughs> in hell. Yeah. Um, you just made me like lose my train of thought. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, um, well, she has a conversation, uh, Goldie Hawn and Meryl Streep talk and she's like, Hey, listen, and Goldie Hawn like tells her something like, I've never blamed you like for taking Ernest away. Like you didn't steal him. He went oh, to you. Yeah. And then she has a very opposite conversation with Ernest on the side about how I've, I'll never forgive her for turning you into a, an undertaker. And, yeah. And it's not your fault. And you were just seduced by her. It was always her. And you were a fucking genius. And yeah. now you're not. now you're an undertaker. Oh, real quick. Also before the, that before they go to the party, Meryl Streep goes to like a, like a spa. Yeah. And she's trying to get, it's like, like a new wave spa, right? Right. And she meets uh, somebody who like gives her a business card about somebody who might be able to help. And he's got a, like, yeah, he's got the googly eye. <laughs> His eye keeps like twitching. Um, but yeah, he gives her a business card and he's like, if you want uh, real help, yeah, go, go here. It's a very select, like very secretive kind of thing. And so, she like tears it up. She's like, that dude's fucking weird. Yep. Um, anyway, they go home after the party. And Meryl Streep like goes out and she's going to go visit her lover, her <laughs> secret lover, uh, which is like some young stud. And this guy's like got another woman in there with him. Yeah. And she's like, you're not alone. Yep. And he's like, well, what the fuck do you expect? You're old. 
basically yeah. he's, yeah, like, he's like find someone your own age yep it's embarrassing and people tell us we look ridiculous together yeah so she starts crying and she gets all sad and she remembers the business card so she grabs it and it's got an address on there so she goes to the address and this is where we get introduced to Isabella Rossellini <laughs> and her men like these, yeah, like these manservants, <laughs> like these Chippendale dancer manservants. <laughs> yeah, they got like weird, like yeah, weird pants. Like yeah, they're like uh, gymnasts or something, or acrobats. Yeah, I like that scene too because uh, she's like trying to sit down, and the guy's just kind of hogging the whole couch. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't even move. Yeah, and then uh, you you just hear uh, Isabella Rossellini's voice. She goes, "Make some room for my friend, for Christ's sake." Yeah, and, and he leaves. But uh, they start talking, and comes out. She's got this fucking potion. Okay, so she's going to prove to Madeline that the potion works and she cuts her finger with the knife and she's like, Jesus Christ, ah, what are you nuts? <laughs> she pours a little drop of the potion on there and it immediately cures the cut and it makes her hand like gets rid of all like the liver spots and everything and the wrinkles on the hand. And she holds up both hands and like one looks young and one looks old. And she's like, oh, my God, what yep. is this? And she's like, how much? And she tells her and she laughs it off. And she's like, okay, well, that's not going to happen. And then does she do the hand then thing? Then she does the hand thing. And then, then she- she's like, check okay? She's like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> um, so she gets the potion and she drinks it. And almost immediately it starts working. And after she drinks it, Isabella Rossellini's like, all right, I got to warn you about something. She's like, uh, now? now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And she tells her, she's like, take care of this body. Like, don't fuck don't fuck around because this is the body you're going to be in. You can only be in it for 10 years and then you have to fake your death or yeah, go into people isolation are get suspicious. or go into isolation because people, yeah, people will get suspicious that you haven't aged in 10 years. She's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, but she does drink it and then her boobs lift, her butt <laughs> tightens. It's a pretty cool effect. And it, like her face changes. Yep. Yeah. She becomes younger again. I'm and- a girl. <laughs> she goes back home and she's all happy. And uh, Ernest, Meanwhile, Ernest and Helen have been having a conversation because Helen came over and Helen has convinced Ernest to kill Madeline. (laughs) Yeah. And she says, uh, you need to kill her. You're going to poison her. This is how we're going to do it. And uh, we'll just say she was a drunk and we'll make it look like a car accident. It's a funny scene too, because they're actually like showing the plan. Mm -hmm. And like, I like when the car is full of like full of empty liquor bottles. bottles, yeah. Yeah. Looks like your lawn at Halloween time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then, um, and even like how they they're like they'll check her like blood alcohol content, and they show like a cutaway of like a it's doctor like picking up a skeleton. And, yeah, she had it coming. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a good scene. The, cut, the, the flash, uh, the dream sequence, I guess. <laughs> so Ernest agrees. Yeah, he's like, all right, yeah. But nowhere does Goldie Hawn say she's going to get back together with Ernest. Did you notice that? Like, she's not like, and then we'll be together. Well, she's like, we'll be free or something like that. Yeah, yes. but she doesn't necessarily, we're going to No, be and I think Ernest kind of, well, maybe he doesn't care about getting back with Goldie Hawn, but it's kind of like. She's not interested in him. No. No. She just wants revenge. And he's more interested just, I don't know, to get his life back in order. Yeah. So anyway, so uh, Meryl Streep comes home, Goldie Hawn leaves, and Ernest is contemplating, is he going to do it? Yes, he's going to do it. He doesn't know how he's going to do it. Madeline's home, and he starts, like, I don't know, talking to her and talking shit. And then he like looks at her, and he's like, did you do something different to your hair? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. He's like, what an eye. 
And she starts basically, I mean, I, I don't know if she says this, I can't remember, but basically it's like, you small dick bastard or something. Yeah, she like calls that. him flaccid. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm telling you women out there, like, if you really want to get under a guy's skin, talk about the size. Talk about his dick. His, size of his dick and the, his performance in bed. Because <laughs> every man, I don't care who you are, if a woman says, you small dick, son of a bitch, and you're like, oh, fuck, well, what? You said it was a good size. <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> like, that affects everybody. Listen, you can call me a son of a bitch all you want, but yeah, let's leave my... I mean, unless you're hung, hung like King Kong, like, you, and you know it, like, if someone tells you you have a small dick, you're like, you start questioning yeah, your whole yeah, life. Yeah, it's going to get in your head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unless you're fucking, I don't even know, Ron Jeremy, is that a fucking aged reference enough? But he's got a big one. <laughs> big old dick. But he's... Uh, he's such he's a, gross. He's such a he's gross, gross looking. He is gross. Well, and like recently. And he's, like, yeah, he's lots disgusting. of allegations about him being a, an asshole. But come on. Yeah. Look at him. Yeah. He looks like a fucking gross yeah. asshole. You want that guy on top of you? All right. My wife saw him at uh, Coachella one year. He was walking around. I've seen him at uh, Monster Palooza a couple times. Did you? Yeah. Like walking around? Yeah, he always goes. I never saw him. Really? I've oh, seen yes, him. I did see, did see him. one time? Yeah. I think I've seen him twice. Yeah, that's right. We did see him that one time, and yeah, I was just on, like, Jeremy, oh, let's, let's, not, let's not talk to him. <laughs> let's go the other way. <laughs> I don't want to catch anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, so like, while she's, like, going off she's on She's berating him. him yeah, yeah, and he, she's kind of, like, walking towards the stairs, and uh, he, like, chokes her. He, he gets so... This yeah, what he gets I'm real worked up. Like, yeah, talk I, about I, a man's dick. I can only be pushed so far. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he starts choking her, and he, he holds her basically over the stairs. Yeah, and he lets go, and then he then he realizes like, oh shit, I'm so sorry. And yeah. she like uh, is like teetering, like she's gonna fall. It's so like cartoon, right? And he's like, yeah, slowly reaching out to help her, and she like throws one more jab at him, and he just goes boop, and he just pushes her, or gives her a little <laughs> little, little fl- finger yeah, flick. Little flick, and down she goes, like snaps she her neck, falls like the first it's a big hit. staircase. Yeah, first one snaps her neck immediately, and they show it. Yeah. And she falls down the entire stairs. And when she gets to the bottom, like her head is turned around. Her legs are her legs are like over her head. <laughs> she's fucked. Yeah. And he comes down. And he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he immediately calls Helen and he's like, Helen, this is what I did. And Helen, I did it. <laughs> and Helen's like, are you a fucking moron? Like, what did we talk about? And she's yeah. like, and you called me first before you called the police. The police are going to check the phone records. It's going to look a little strange. And see that you called me. So he's like, oh, shit. So he's going to quickly try. Yeah, she's like, you tell the cops you were talking to me when you heard her scream, and then you turn around, and she was Yep, dead. and you immediately call them. So hang up and call them. And as he's, like, getting ready to hang up, Madeline is in the <laughs> background, and she stands up. Yeah, and you're like, oh, God. And she starts walking towards him and yelling at him. And then he's like, oh, just a second, Madeline. And then he's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> she goes, Ernest, you pushed me down the stairs. Meanwhile, he, dude, her his, head is backwards. His scream when he, when he turns around and sees her is fantastic. It's yeah. like super shrill and he like falls over. Yeah. And uh, her head is on backwards. And uh, so she <laughs> she fixes it. That's right. And he's like... Uh, he even tells her like there's something really wrong with your neck or something like that and she like sees her own ass and she's like like, Ernest I can see my ass he's like it's it's a dislocated neck he's like theoretically it's possible I've never seen it but theoretically it's possible and so she fixes her neck but her collarbone's all fucking broken it's so gross the bone is like sticking out 
and uh, he's like, we got to get you to the doctor. Yeah. So they take her to the doctor. Dude, when he pulls into the, um, he pulls the car around the front of the off. Uh, it's the, the ambulance. Yeah. He, he has a great line. And I've liked this since I was a kid. He says, she's a death's door. And then it cuts to him with the doctor and he goes, doctor, she's a death door. <laughs> she's a death door. <laughs> uh, so the doctor's looking at her and he's like, all right, let's see. And he's taking her temperature. It's like one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Listening for her heartbeat. Meanwhile, Ernest is in the back drinking alcohol because he's like, I don't know. He's drinking out of a flask. And the doctor like flicks the stethoscope because after he checks the heartbeat, he's like, huh? And he like flicks it. And he's like, oh, shit. It still works. <laughs> and then he just throws the stethoscope away and grabs, grabs another one. Yeah. And he's like, huh? He's checking the pulse and he goes, ah, okie dokie. Um, can I have a sip of that? <laughs> yep. Checks her temperature. She's like at 80 degrees. Or below 80 degrees yeah. Fahrenheit, which I think if you're like below 90 something. Yeah. And he like pops a couple nitro pills like while he's talking to him. <laughs> I like that too. And he's like, hey, uh, so your your, uh, your body temperature is below 80 and uh, your, 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 your heart stopped beating. <laughs> so yeah, it's basically. He's like, I'm going to go get a second opinion. She's dead. And this is what Isabella Rossellini was warning about, right? Yep. You got to take care of your body. Yep. Because she can't die, but her body can die, like, right. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, anyway. Ernest, like, runs out of the room to go get help, and he sees the doctors on a table, like, getting, like, a... <laughs> Uh, what do they call it? A defibrillator because he had a heart attack. <laughs> and then he comes back in the room and she's gone. And then uh, there's she's a doctor the in there. Morgue. He's like, yeah, no, we had to put her in the morgue. He's like, the morgue. Oh, yeah, because she passed out. <laughs> the morgue, she'll be furious. <laughs> he goes down to the yeah, morgue. Yeah, that's right. She fainted. She goes. He goes down to the morgue and he finds her. She's like, I was so scared. And so he takes her home. And on his way home, because her skin color is starting to change. Yeah. And he thinks this is all a sign that they're meant to be together and that it's a miracle. Yeah. But he's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fix you up. <laughs> so he stops by his work, and grabs all of his different Krylon <laughs> <laughs> primer and paint and one, um, takes her home. And Helen's watching, like by the house, and she sees Madeline's dead body in the car, and he, and she's like, "What the hell is he doing?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and he takes her upstairs, and he paints her, and he makes her look human again, alive again, I should say. Well, Helen comes in and she's like, Ernest, what the fuck are you doing? Go get the body. We're going to go bury her out in Death Valley. Death Valley. <laughs> and so he's like, but, but, but. And then all of a sudden, Madeline comes downstairs and she's looking beautiful. And Helen's like, oh, you're alive. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think she goes, it's alive. <laughs> Something like that. But uh, Madeline overhears that Helen wanted to kill her. So she grabs a shotgun and then proceeds to shoot. Goldie Hawn in the, in the belly. It's awesome. She goes Sending flying. her out through a window into a pond <laughs> and to a fountain. And uh, she's like, all right, she already brought the supplies over. <laughs> We're going <laughs> to take her out to Death Valley and bury her. <sighs> and as her and Ernest are arguing about it, uh, Helen stands up and she's got a big old hole through her. Yeah, it's awesome. And then we come to find out that she had also taken the potion back in 1985. Yeah. And then Helen, yeah, she puts two and two together. She's like, oh, no, 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 no. Because I think uh, Ernest is like, it's another miracle. <laughs> she's like, no. You know what's a cool she reference? She finds like the little, the little uh, pin, pin that yeah. Liesl gave her. Um, something I thought was neat was she's like, when did you take it? And she's like, I took it October 26, 1985, which is present day and back to the future. Yeah. So a little Robert Zemeckis yeah. uh, inside joke. That is, that's a good one. <laughs> so she takes it in Hill Valley. 
She's <laughs> <laughs> at the Twin Pines Mall, the Lone Pine Mall, depending on which uh, timeline we're on. Um, but yeah, so she takes it and, uh, or she had taken it. And so they start arguing and they start fighting. Uh, this is a great scene, uh, special effects wise. Uh, she hits Meryl Streep with a shovel oh, yeah, over head. the head and like pushes her head in like an accordion. <laughs> yep. And she pulls it out and she like stretches it and it snaps back. <laughs> it's very cartoonish. Yeah. Um, but uh, Helen like takes a broken part of the uh, the shovel and like throws it at her like a javelin and it just goes right through her stomach. <laughs> and then she's like, yes. And then she's like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> this is a great scene between those two right yeah, here. The awesome. fight scene. And they're like insulting each other. Yeah. Meanwhile. Ernest is like, fuck this. <laughs> um, and uh, they become friends. Yeah, they hash it all out. Yep. And like, they basically tell like that they were each jealous of each other. Yep. So they they just become friends. And then they're like, well, Ernest can make us look better. Yep. And so they go to Ernest like, hey, you have to make every, we, us look better. And Ernest is like, I'll do this. But as soon as I'm done, That's I'm out of here. Yeah, exactly. I can't be with you two. You two are fucking nuts. And so they're like, yeah, that's fine. So he does it and uh, they look great. He, he gets them looking, uh, looking tip top and uh, sh- he's going to leave. And then they're like, but what happens? If yeah, he because Goldie, and Goldie Hawn gets like part of her shoulder or something peels and they're like, oh, we'll get Ernest to touch it up. And she's like, well, what happens if like this is going to happen yeah. over and over again? Yeah. And they're like, well, we'll get him to take the potion. Yeah. And he's like, no, I'm leaving. Well, they end up knocking him up over the with head a vase. <laughs> with a vase and they take him to Isabella Rossellini's place. He wakes up. He's like dressed in a tux now and Isabella Rossellini's trying to get him to drink the potion. She's convincing him, telling him all this stuff. And he's like, she just goes too far. He's going to ready to do it. And then he's like, she's like, you'll live forever or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, I don't want to live forever. I like his rationality. He goes, what if I get bored? Yeah. And then he goes, what if somebody pushes me down a, what if I fall down a flight of stairs or something? <laughs> and then Isabel Rossellini is just like, just drink it. She gets so pissed at him. Um, he finds his way out of there. He sneaks out like, yeah. Uh, and she's having a party and like there's all sorts of dead celebrities. You got Elvis, you got Jim Morrison, you got, uh, Marilyn Monroe, yeah, Andy Warhol, <laughs> James Dean. Yep. They all show up. And uh, even the, the guy with the twitchy eye from the spa, he tells uh, celebrities that they have to like keep a low profile and stop popping up. Yeah, to get and headlines. Then, and then Elvis is there. Uh, what I thought was funny is like they're all wearing like the clothes they're famous for wearing. It's like so stupid. It's <laughs> yeah, like, Elvis why would got Elvis the be wearing Las the... Vegas style jumpsuit? <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, Marilyn Monroe's wearing the pink dress from Some Like It Hot or whatever <laughs> fuck movie that was from. Uh, Gentlemen Prefer Blonde. What was that movie? Whatever remember. one she's wearing the pink dress yeah. in, right? It's that movie. <laughs> uh, so it's just stupid. But anyway, Ernest is uh, getting chased by the two girls, uh, Helen and Madeline, and he climbs up onto the roof, and then he's going to fall, and he's just hanging by his suspenders. Yeah. And he has the potion in his pocket. Yeah, they're like, you need to drink it or you're going to die. They're like, you have the potion. Drink the potion, and that way you won't die. And he grabs the potion and he goes to drink it, and then he just drops it. Yeah, he's like, nah, sorry, ladies. Yeah, and they're like, Ernest, you fucking idiot. They don't say that, but anyway, <laughs> and then his suspenders break. Again, very cartoony. It's like, boink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then he falls, crashes through the glass, and he lands in the pool. Yeah. And Jim Morrison's there, and he's like, that was kind of neat. <laughs> yeah, he's like, are you gonna? Are you done? <laughs> yeah. 
Again, <laughs> so stupid. Anyway, so he busts out of there and he goes and steals James Dean's car. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. Which is stupid because that's the car that James Dean wrecked that he died. That car doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. That car doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. But I guess maybe he faked his death, so it wasn't that real car. Maybe. So he bolts out of there and the girls are like, well, we'll just do each other. Yeah. I'll paint How your hard ass. Can it be? I'll paint your ass, you paint mine. And then they're like, forever and ever. And they're like, uh. Cut to 37 years later. Madeline and Helen are attending Ernest's funeral. And he's being eulogized. And apparently they're like, life begins at 50. And we didn't all know Ernest until he was 50. And he's done so much good. He's like very philanthropic. Yeah, he's had a bunch of children. He married his soulmate. And he's even like, quote unquote, adopted children. And, uh, you know, we all love him. And the two women are in the back and they're like laughing. (laughs) And they go, blah, 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 (laughs) blah, blah. Well, they leave the funeral because they're like, fuck this. And they're walking all janky, like bow-legged <laughs> awesome. and knock-kneed. Yeah, and, you can tell like, they've broken their bones several times and, and they, falling apart. Yep, and they uh, get to... Oh, and Goldie Hawn asks if uh, Meryl Streep has the Krylon yeah. whatever spray paint. And she's like, I put it in your purse. And she's like, it's not here. She's like, how could you lose a can of spray paint again? <laughs> <laughs> and so they go out of the church and they're at like at the steps. And the can of spray paint's right there. And they're about ready to step on it, but they don't. And they have this argument and they lift up their fucking no, their veils. veils. They look like they're the, Yeah, they look like ghouls. <laughs> That's when they start talking about the bondo on the yeah, chin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they both look awful. They look awful. It's like spackle and Yeah, their face looks like cottage cheese, like sprayed <laughs> like flesh colored. Oh. <laughs> Well, they get into an argument and they do step on the Krylon uh, spray paint can and they go falling, both of them, down the stairs and they immediately break. They shatter into a bunch of pieces. Yep. <laughs> and then their heads come rolling together. Like, do you remember where you parked the car? <laughs> <laughs> End of movie. I like this movie. I think this movie is so much fun. I, I was watching it again. I hadn't seen it in a while. But to me... This seems like an hour and a half long episode of Tales from the Crypt. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I got so many Tales from the Crypt vibes. Zemeckis directed a couple of those, didn't he? Yeah, and I think he's one of the creators. Yeah. I think that this movie is... It could have been Tales from the Crypt presents Death Becomes Her. Yeah. As far as uh, I'm concerned, <laughs> it would have been better than Bordello of Blood. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I really think that this is just a really fun... Uh, well acted. Meryl Streep was awesome in a comedic role. You know, we're so used to seeing her in dramatic Academy Award winning performances. Uh, she has great comic timing. Mm-hmm. Um, Bruce Willis is always great. And Goldie <laughs> Hawn's always great as well. Um, so and those three are the movie. Yeah. Like, yeah, Isabella, Isabella Rossellini's in it, but she doesn't have a huge part. Those three are the movie, and uh, I really dig this movie. I'm going to give it uh, three and a half heads. Nice. I'll make it, uh, the math nice and easy. I'm also three and a half. I love this movie. Like I said, I saw it at the movie th- or at the drive-in as a kid. Um, I grew up like as a teenager. I watched this movie all the time. This is a movie that we owned. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen this movie so many times uh, and watching it. like This is a movie like I could quote most of this movie like so when i was watching it i you know i took notes still but like i didn't really need to yeah um i love the visual effects uh it's hilarious it's also one of those movies like i catch a different little gag like Mm. every time i see it there's always something new 
Um, yeah, it's just a this is just a really fun movie. So three and a half for me as well. One thing to note is that they cut out a lot of from this movie. There was supposed to be this scene. Tracy Ullman was supposed to be a bartender. Oh yeah, I heard about that. Like after, yeah. That's who Ernest uh, runs into right after this event, and uh, she's the bartender, and they end up falling in love, and that's who he ends up marrying. Mm-hmm. Um, but she helps him fake his death so the girls don't know that they he's don't still come alive. looking for him. Um, and then there's a couple other scenes with uh, a couple other more named actors that they ended up cutting from the hmm. final flick. But I like it just being these three. Yeah, agreed. The movie's very simple. Yep, I think it. I think it's great. I think did they do a stage production of this? Oh, I don't know. I want to say they did a stage production of it at some point in time, but I'm not sure. Not hmm. those three actors, but somebody. Yeah, like me. I did. A one man <laughs> you show. Did it. You're arguing with yourself. Death becomes Brett. <laughs> uh, would you live forever? Would you drink the potion, David? No. No? I don't think so. What's it? Because Ernest makes a good point. He's like, I'll have to watch everyone that I ever care about die. That doesn't sound very fun. It's like a vampire. I mean, I like the idea of like being able to see the future, but. At what cost? Yeah. And if you know you're never going to die, is that exciting? Yeah, that'd be awesome. Well, but I mean, if you know you can't die, like, how do you get your thrills? I wouldn't like the part about breaking bones and not being able to have them set with my skin turning pale and all that kind (laughs) of shit, right? If you can maintain your rugged good looks of today. Yeah. Yeah. If I could maintain today's Brett uh, and and all all my faculties, facilities, all my faculties, like, being able to think right and... I guess if I could take a handful of people with me and, like... As a group, we live forever? No. Like, like vampires? No, I wouldn't even do that. The reason why is because I don't want to get bored with them people. Yeah, you'd see people come and go, but that's the cool thing. Yeah. Like, always changing. Like, oh, you were a good friend. Now Sorry. You're, now you're dead. Well, I'll, I'll get another one. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Start grooming them. Like, I'm going to need a new friend soon. Yep, <laughs> exactly. Getting up in the years. Uh, I don't know if I would take the potion, though. I think I'd fall more in the Bruce Willis camp. I do want to live forever, though. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> I need science to get on that. Yeah, science. get on it immediately. <laughs> Listen to me. Um, I don't know. Maybe our listeners, if you guys, would you guys take the potion? Yeah, you want to live forever? You should message us. Yeah. Find us on social uh, social media, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Slash Rap. We are the Swearwolves. We are the Swearwolves YouTube channel. On Instagram, we are the Swearwolves podcast. We have the Swearwolves website, theswearwolves.com. Message us there, uh, or you can email us directly at swearwolvespodcast at gmail.com. Basically, anywhere that you can't message Donald Trump, you can message, message us. us. Exactly. <laughs> so, for the Swearwolves this week, I'm Brett. I'm David. And for the last time, fuck, fuck Trump. Trump.
All right, before we go, I got to pee again. Yeah. Sorry. Fire off a deuce. What? No. <laughs> oh, shit. Let me move my remotes. Ah! <laughs> Interesting reaction. <clears throat> All right, whenever you're ready. Oh, are we recording? Yeah. Welcome to the Swear Wolf's Horror. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. I was trying to, trying to stifle it. <clears throat> oh, God. All right, I'm sorry. Take two.